Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Hope you guys are doing good out there. There's a lot happening in the world. There always is. Can I get a witness? Um. All right, so I'm joined here with my father, and we got kind of two topics that we're going to discuss today. The first is uh, well, more to expose what's going on in Canada. So that's the first one. And then the second is going to be um, a Lester Hole interview with Biden. So for for this first part, it's very interesting what the Canadian government does. They uh, They essentially on the floor of their... You know, things are just a little bit different there. But in their capital, they just have this free-form discussion, and mm-hmm. they just go at it with each other. And it's actually really nice uh, because you don't really get to see that kind of debate just on the floor with everybody present in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's just people get to speak, and then that's pretty much it. At the most, in committees, you might get a chance to debate, but it's just it's it's not the same as this. I really liked this. Um, so you are going to hear in this clip. It's going to be Candace Bergen, and she is really a, a she's a strong conservative, which doesn't seem to be very common um, in in this in this country in Canada. And then she's going against Justin Trudeau, the prime minister. So we'll play the clip and then just discuss. Critical infrastructure is being restricted. Why? because of this Prime Minister's failure. I've asked the Prime Minister to meet with me and the other opposition leaders in good faith to try to find a way forward from this impasse. He didn't answer yesterday. He hasn't answered to date. I'm going to ask him again. Will he meet with us? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, the Conservative Party of Canada has spent the last two weeks endorsing and enabling these blockades across the country. The leader of the Conservative Party and her team have been their biggest champions, even promoting their fundraising. The consequences of these actions are having dire impacts. They're impacting trade, they're hurting jobs, they're threatening our economy, and they're obstructing our communities. I am focused on ending it. I hope the Leader of the Opposition will maintain her current position and continue to call for an end to these blockades. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition continues to blame others for things that he's responsible for. Today he actually has a chance to do something for Canadians. We have a motion before this House that would tell the government to let Canadians know when they are going to end these restrictions. Two years into this pandemic, and given the current circumstances, it's not an unreasonable request. Canadians deserve a Prime Minister who's willing to follow science and lift the restrictions. Even his own Liberal MPs agree with us. So a simple question for the Prime Minister. Will he and his fellow Liberal members of Parliament support our motion that is on the floor today? So just a pause. Uh, We'll continue Mm -hmm. the clip. Uh, yeah, any thoughts right now? Yeah, I can see, um, you know, both sides. Obviously, the liberals want to villainize the, you know, the convoy and anybody who supports it. And they just, they, they want it to end as a, as a solution. So they're really basically saying, no, we don't need to end anything and uh, we don't need to give in on anything. So... You know, it's interesting. You wonder, I think timing is a big issue. There's probably been points along the way where, you know, like 
months back or when there were more cases, nobody would have had any openness at all toward the convoy. I don't know if today that's different, and I don't know if it's different in Canada. Are you meaning uh, Canadian sentiment? That's right. Okay. You know, because I, I think they really have embraced all the mandates um, pretty much as a country. Uh, I'm sure there's some fringes that don't, but um, the only question is, are they enough people fed up with it to uh, push it toward an end at this point? Um, obviously, the Liberal Party doesn't want to end anything. Definitely so. And he can't be upset about all this. Um, Canadians seem to be very much accepting of these restrictions, but even they are just at their breaking point. Um, I'm not going to play all of this. I'm just, I, I only want to focus on Candace Bergen versus Justin Trudeau, but there's other leaders uh, from other provinces that, you know, I imagine they're not as conservative as her, and mm. they are frustrated as well. Um, he just, he will not change. He will not budge. And this is all because of his restrictions. They're at, the Canadians are at their breaking point. Mm. They're sick of it. They're, they're tired of living this way when the science doesn't support these restrictions mm. anymore. You know, um, well, obviously there's trucker mandates and that's what they're directly protesting. <clears throat> you know, they're protesting that when they cross the borders, they have to um, quarantine if they're if they haven't been vaccinated. So th that was the big uh, issue, and that is yeah. driving back and forth to the United States. Well, it, would it, you say that this is symbolic, mm -hmm. further of other Canadians and their frustrations? That that's the thing, and I think whether or not Canadians support it has to do with where they're at on their issues. So. Although the protest is specifically for these trucker issues, I think it's gained support by many others. And right. in fact, as they say repeatedly in the news, 90% of all truckers have been vaccinated. So most of these truckers that are protesting have been vaccinated and they just feel like it's wrong to require this for that 10%. Wow. Yeah, and I think that actually she, she addresses this uh, further in the clip, so I'll, I'll just continue it real quick. Right, Honorable Prime Minister. Everyone in this country is sick and tired of lockdowns and, quite frankly, of COVID-19. But Canadians also know that the way through this pandemic is by listening to science, is by following uh, public health advice, and indeed by getting vaccinated. That is what we have been focused on from the very beginning, and that's why we're continuing uh, to encourage Canadians to please get vaccinated. About 61,000 Canadians got their first dose just last week. We need more people to continue to step up, get vaccinated, get their kids vaccinated, get the booster shot. That's how we stay safe. That's how we support our frontline health workers. The leader of the opposition. Prime Minister, because he's talking about vaccinations, we all support vaccines. And 90%, as he has said, 90% of Canadians have been vaccinated. Yep. Is he suggesting 
that unless 100% of Canadians are vaccinated, he's not even going to consider opening up and lifting restrictions? Yeah. Is that what he's ta- trying to tell us? 90% is good for us, and I would say other countries in the world who have less vaccine uptake. Is he saying he's not going to do anything until 100% of Canadians are vaccinated? The right Honourable Prime Minister. Not only are Canadians tired of this pandemic, of uh, of the challenges we're facing, but they are also, of course, tired of the restrictions, tired of the rules, tired of the lockdowns. That is understandable. But you know what helps lift restrictions? You know what helps move beyond lockdowns? Vaccinations. When Canadians get vaccinated, including with our vaccine mandates that ensure the federal public service and anyone getting on planes or trains uh, are vaccinated, that is helped move forward, keep Canadians safe, and most importantly, to keep our frontline health workers who've been heroes during this pandemic from being overwhelmed. He's going to keep on singing the same song. He'll never stop it. Mm -hmm. The only way to handle COVID is the vaccine. Oh, you got the vaccine and you got COVID? Well, the only way to handle COVID is to get the vaccine. 90% is extremely Mm -hmm. high. Mm -hmm. Uh, That. I, I don't think other countries have that many people that got uh, the vaccine. Certainly not the U.S. Oh, no. So I think, I don't know, I've heard like 75% of adults, 65% of total population, including kids. <clears throat> but, you know, I think as time's gone on, we've realized the vaccine doesn't make a big difference. Uh, it doesn't make a di- big difference as to cases or spread. And that's just the truth, because with the vaccine, you can certainly catch COVID and you can certainly spread COVID. So, you know, you you could try to argue that the unvaccinated have more severe uh, symptoms and possibly a higher death rate. Um, but even that's not necessarily the case. It, you know, it, you can argue that. Yeah. Once again, it's just our leaders showing that they do not consider personal decision mm-hmm. at all. Personal freedom. Uh, yeah, personal freedom. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, no, you don't get to make that decision. Mm-hmm. We make it for you. Like that, what I put into my body should be my decision. And people put in terrible things into their body. That's their decision. Mm-hmm. So it is, It people have an idea of what Canada is like. Um yeah, go ahead and move there. I dare you. It's it's really mm-hmm. not a paradise, in my opinion. Um, okay, so now on to the next subject. Uh, Lester Holt did a uh, pretty extensive interview with President Biden for the Super Bowl. I didn't know this was actually a thing that they do mm-hmm. like a Super Bowl interview, but I guess that is a thing. And uh, I'm going to play kind of what has been more you know focused on uh, in the news. So we'll break this up, but let's start it out attention to that army report an investigative report that's come out about the lead up to the withdrawal from afghanistan it, it interviewed many military officials and officers who said the administration ignored the handwriting on the wall uh, another described trying to get folks in the embassy ready to evacuate encountering uh, you know people who are in essentially in denial of, of this situation does any of that ring true to you no no that's not what I was told. That you were told that 
the U.S. administration officials were prepared? They knew it was time to get out? No. What I was told, no one told me that, look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops, and we were back in this, this war of attrition. And, it, and there was no way we were ever going to unite Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. No way that was going to happen. And so this is a much wiser thing to do. I just want to clarify, are you rejecting the conclusions or the, the accounts that are in this army report? Yes, I am. So they're not, not true? I'm rejecting them. Then there was... T um, <laughs> you know, oftentimes you might get things confused, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in name. Oh, no, um, no, 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 like just saying the name. Mom right. often does it with mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. So she'll be like, oh, Elizabeth, no, Jonathan, no, Sarah. But when the question says Afghanistan, and then you begin to list off other countries, what, what are you doing? Um, and then also pretty much everything you just said was a lie. Mm. You know, if it's his own army, he's the commander in chief, and they're coming up with this report, you know, how does that work? You know, he, and he tried to base all his decisions on what he was being told by generals. So now he's denying what the what they say so i don't get it yeah it, it's called you can say whatever you want you can lie mm -hmm. as much as you want mm -hmm. and i guess at least lester holt was kind of pushing back a little more than normal you know i, I don't even know why i'm trying to cheer on a journalist for doing a below average job mm -hmm. but that's kind of where we're at um yeah it would really be fun to see him with like a megan kelly Oh, that'd be so fun. You, you could tell he was just trying to help him, help it go smoothly. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, when Biden didn't have much to say, he just kind of filled in the space. Yep. Le kind of leading questions, um, help him out to make an answer. For sure, for sure. Okay, and then this is the, the other section. Today's sour headline on the economy, inflation skyrocketing to 7.5%, a 40-year high. Prices still spiking on everything from used cars to gas to food. Inflation now costing the average American an extra $275 a month compared to last year. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit, uh, and I understand that's your job. But look, uh, at the time, what happened was the, uh, let's look at the reasons for the inflation. And the reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, meaning that the products, for example, automobiles, the lack of computer chips to be able to build those automobiles so they could function, they need those computer chips. They were not available. So what happens? We, the number of cars were reduced, the new cars reduced, it made up at one point, one third the cost of inflation because the price of automobiles were up. So what I did when I went out and made sure we started to make those domestically, we got Intel to come in and provide $20 billion to build a new facility. A number of organizations are doing the same kinds of things. When can Americans expect some relief from this soaring inflation? According to Nobel laureates, 14 of them that contacted me and a number of corporate leaders, it's ought to be able to start to taper off as we go through this year. In the meantime, I'm going to do everything in my power to deal with the big 
points that are, that are Im- impacting most people in their homes. Can I ask you where you stand right now in your anonymous? Um, what? <laughs> you know, he his solutions are so inadequate, you know, like to use the reserves of oil. You know, it, it's just so temporary and it doesn't get to any of the underlying causes, which he is a source of. So he, he caused it. You know, what is he going to do? Give some money to subsidize the price of something? He he doesn't know how to fix anything economically. And I'm sure that even these this new law and the programs that they're trying to get, you know, for the U.S. to produce chips, yeah, like that's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, so easy. <laughs> yeah, you, you develop all that just so quickly. You know, his yeah, twenty billion. Okay, nice job. You you spent our money, twenty billion. What did you accomplish? You know, we're still waiting for chips from China. But th- that's the other thing. He he's strategic in it. He's asked a question about the issues of inflation, and what does he talk about? He gives an explainer mm. on cars and chips mm. with cars and how Intel is going to start manufacturing them in the U.S. Uh, well, what about food? What about gasoline? Mm. Well, what about inflation with those things? Because with food, that has nothing to do with chips and cars. Mm-hmm. So why is there inflation on food? Can you explain that? And, and just all the um, all the money pumped into the economy as a result of government funding. You know, oh, yeah. that, that pumped up, bloated the economy with too much cash flowing, and that led to inflation. So he's not owning any of that. Inflation is taxation. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, you, you're getting paid more? You got a raise? Well, if what they're saying, according to this news report by a left-wing news outlet, mm. two, $275 more a month for the average American. Average family. Uh, average family. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I wonder what happened with oil. Might be that somebody stopped the U.S. from being able to manufacture oil <laughs> when we certainly were able to. Right. And now we have to rely on Russia to do it. Took us from independence to dependence. And then and we, we need to beg Russia, please, please, yeah. be nice, be nice to us, mm. um, when we didn't even have to be in that position in the first place. Mm. Mm. It, you know, very clueless on the economy. It, it, nobody, I nobody, could do better, and I don't know anything. Nobody appreciated Trump, but he understood the economy. Yeah, come on. And I, I don't know if people rather have somebody who's a little more woke than than knowledgeable about the economy. I think the economy is going to affect us all a lot more. But a minute, Dad. You're being a wise guy. You're, you're being a wise <laughs> guy right now. And, and you with your, your cracks and, and your Jackson. <laughs> How do you treat a journalist like that? It's you, so you know, And this is odd. a liberal journalist that he was handpicked, and yet Biden still can't keep his mouth shut with, the, with these kinds of cracks that he makes. It's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one can really point at Trump whenever you hear stuff like this. It's it's ridiculous. Trump was much more polite. Oh, yeah. Respectful. Oh, yeah. Um, but he was not uh, given, you know, the respectful treatment by the journalists. So Definitely it was really not. Vice versa. Nope. Um, but let, let's, let's go to the verse. It's going to be uh, Micah 6, verse 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 
rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This kind of spoke to me. It was just like, what can we give to God? How, mm-hmm. how can we come to God? Um, and then, of course, the next verse, which we'll, we'll do in the next episode, we'll, we'll really answer what God wants, mm-hmm. uh, what he requires of us. Um, yeah. The, you know, uh, they did, of course, have these requirements from God about sacrifices and, you know, many, many detailed um, offerings that they had to give. But God was ultimately looking for the heart, the character, the way of life, uh, obedience, uh, the way they treated each other, their heart toward God. So these were supposed to be occurring, but they were also supposed to be backed up by a lifestyle. And so God's just saying, without it, it's just empty. There's no point to all those deeds. Mm-hmm. Um which is sad because it's a waste of time mm-hmm. <laughs> and resources. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope you guys did enjoy the show and learned a lot. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you and you have a great day.